Well, hello. Welcome to the Liberty on Fire podcast, where conservative Joey and libertarian Tony talk about topics in the news and other things that are of interest to us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Joey. So today, February 16th, you got a uh, update for us on Smollett? Yes, and it's February 17th for me, Tony, because I'm four hours ahead. I think it's three hours. Oh, okay. You're right. Three hours ahead. Um, but, yeah, you want to get straight into that? Uh, I guess so. I don't know if... Uh, yeah, I think we should start with the, the Smollett thing and just kind of get it out of the way. Okay. So, yeah, everyone's talking about it today, so everyone's probably heard about it. But from the last time we talked about it, what did, what did we say happened? That we basically covered the alleged claim by him and then some of the weird details about him having a rope around his neck for 40 minutes before he called the police. And his sandwich, that was key. Remember, we talked about the sandwich. Because he apparently still ate the sandwich after getting bleach poured on him, beat up, fought back. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was very odd. And, and the rope wasn't, it wasn't a real rope. It was some kind of thin piece of thread or something. Uh, that, yeah, that's what they, they said. But I, I can't tell exactly what the rope was made out of. Because there's reports today that it was bought from a, from a, maybe a craft store. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, it could have been a thin line. But yeah, we talked about how it was really weird and it just wasn't adding up at all. And, and to be honest, we and everyone else talking about it was be, were being very sort of nice about it. I mean, the whole thing sounded like complete BS. If if we're all being honest, I mean, come on. Every detail. The guy messed up because he he went and made like a lunatic story about it. The 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 bleach poured on him. He didn't need to add that detail. The the noose and the MAGA country. It was just a stupid story by him. But yeah, that brings us to the update. Um, what happened? What happened after last time we talked is they focused in on the two key suspects or people of interest because they had a photograph of two people, right? And they said uh, these two people were in the area at the time, so we're going to look into them. And Smollett later on in an interview, I forget which news what network it was, but in an interview, he said in reference to that picture, yeah, those those are the two people, no doubt in my mind. You know, so that was going on. They were looking into these guys. But when you look at that picture, first of all, they, they didn't look like white guys. It was blurry, but they looked like black guys. So it was, it was kind of odd. But um, it was all about who are these people. And also what happened was Jesse turned over his phone records. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, so supposedly he turned over a doctored PDF file of his phone records. Yeah, it was two weeks later. He finally turned his phone records in. And for context, the phone records were important, again, because there was a 60-second window that they don't have footage of Jesse during this entire time because Chicago has a, a pretty good surveillance camera system. So 60-second window, which they don't have, you know, know where he is. And apparently he was on his phone at the time with his manager. That's what he said. And they heard a text. So if they could corroborate that sort of timeline, that was, you know, good for the police to learn. But he didn't hand that over until two weeks later, and the police couldn't even use it because it was so redacted, doctored up, right? So those are the two kind of events that happened. 
since. And then it was either today or yesterday we get the bombshell, the stuff that is bringing this whole thing down and bringing Jesse down. The first one was apparently we had been thinking that the police were looking for these people. And remember they were, they were saying that Jesse is uh, being treated as a victim and these guys are being treated as suspects. But the police apparently knew the entire time where these guys were and who they were. They knew that they were in Nigeria. They booked a plane and flew out of the country to Nigeria, and they knew when they were coming back. And when they landed back in America, they booked them and took them and started interviewing them. They they raided their house and everything. So the police apparently were onto this. Okay. Did you read about that part? Yeah. So they they found their apartment, right? They found the bleach, and then they they got their phone records, didn't they? Yeah, that was no. I don't know about that. They probably yeah, they probably did. But one funny thing is, when they were looking for Justy to turn his records in, they actually had him the whole entire time. They subpoena his phone records, so the police had Justy's records. Then they got Justy's doctored records, and they compared them. Uh huh. Yeah. So they saw a, a few phone numbers that were being left out of the real official records. So it was it was evidence for them to go and key in on. I think that was key in uh, finding out who those people were, actually. But those those were kind of like personal phone records, right? That he, like maybe his family members, that he didn't want to turn over to the police. Yeah, that's what his excuse was. Oh, I got personal records on here and personal photos. I, that's why it took me 14 weeks to finally turn something in. But yeah, so um, they, they knew who these guys were, apparently. They were waiting for them, and yeah, they're Nigerian, so they're they're not white. That kind of kills his whole story in the first place, doesn't it? So I guess if you're Nigerian, you're either trying to get people involved in like some kind of email scam, or you're pouring bleach on people. Yeah, yep. Apparently, I don't know. They're pretty good-looking guys. They're pretty big and buff, so maybe they were wa- wannabe actors as well. Uh huh. But um. Yeah. So so the the weird thing was the news there was reports in Chicago when that all happened that these guys may have been involved in a um what do you call it? A stage staging and Jesse Smollett is the is the person who orchestrated it. And then it was only about a couple hours later where the Chicago police were like, Whoa, 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 slow down, you know, that's not confirmed. All we know is that Jesse's still being treated as a victim. And these guys are being treated as the suspects. But we can confirm that they're Nigerian and um, that they do know Jesse. So I was confused. I'm like, what do you, what's the story then? Uh, two black people that are friends with him beat him up, but, but he's still a victim. And what about the fact that he claimed they were white racists calling him names? So that was like part A. And then we we just today finally it's all breaking down and and they're confirming pretty much that Jussie staged the whole thing. Did he uh, did he actually come out and admit it yet? No, I'm, it's just this is pretty much. I mean, if I clicked on Google and looked it up right now, I might find new information. You know, this is all breaking right now. Okay. So no, he's he they sought out you know CNN even was trying to contact him, but he's not he's not responding and he's all lawyered up. I know that. That's right. Yeah. So, what one of our treat our tweets today that went out was, uh, you know, it's probably a lot cheaper if you just come out and tell the truth as opposed to hiring an expensive lawyer, <laughs> especially if if he is he getting written off the show. I don't know that 
one of the reports or rumors or whatever it is was that he staged this whole thing as a publicity stunt because he might be getting written off the show and he wanted to do this. But then the people who made the show said, that's ludicrous. He's definitely not getting rid off the sh- written off the show. No way. But uh, who knows? I mean, now he's gone, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, now if he's involved in this, you know, false police, you know, scandal, false report, the, the show is probably going to want to get rid of him. Yeah. I want everyone, I want to see who's going to apologize for, you know, jumping the gun and calling America racist and everyone getting behind him. I mean, if you just heard the story, it's just not credible. It just was so outrageous from the get-go that you had to be kind of like lying to yourself or just kind of put in blind faith in him if you believed it without wanting to really corroborate anything. The narrative or the people that kind of believe stuff like this, um, they're just blind to any other point of view. So it's the same thing with, you know, the rest of politics and economics and people believing that, you know, politicians help people and the minimum wage is helpful and all those other things that they want to believe. It's, they're closed-minded people and they they just walk around with these blinders on and they can't see anything else other than, you know, some kind of, even if the story is just absolutely crazy and it doesn't make sense. And this is funny to me. So he said in that interview, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said something like, you know, if if I said the people who attacked me were uh, were not white, black, or Muslim, or, or me- Mexican, or whatever, I think more people who are doubting me right now would be supporting me and actually believe me. And that shows you where we are in America today. And I'm like thinking, yeah, you nailed that on the head. That exactly, that shows you where we are in America today. The fact that when you said a white racist, two white racists called you a, a homo and, and an N-word and then decided to beat you up because you're gay and black, and we all were like, that sounds like the craziest thing I ever heard. That doesn't happen because that's where we are in America today. That doesn't happen. That's why we doubted it in the first place. The N-word is what, Nigerian? Yeah, they're not. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Nigeria, it might have been. That's why we all doubted it. You know, that doesn't happen. It's not 1950. So we have progressed like exponentially beyond those kind of times. It's it'd be extremely rare to to find two racist guys that are just prowling the streets and and beating up a, a guy because he's black or gay. Well, and if you look at the statistics for Chicago crime you're probably more likely to get mugged by a black person in Chicago than you are a white person. Yeah, so it's it's believable. He's right on multiple fronts. If it was a black person, we'd probably believe it. Black and black crime is really high in Chicago. Absolutely. It it wouldn't have been a news story. They sure wouldn't be FBI investigating investigating it. No, no, no. Yeah, the the news would have gone out of their way not to cover it if it was black and black crime, just like they do with black and black murder throughout Chicago. No, I mean, it's crazy to begin with. I mean, look, did you see the pictures of him afterwards? He had like a little cut on under his eye. So what kind of news story really was this? A guy got like punched? It looks like from the picture, he got punched just once. Yeah, barely. So and that was national news. Because that's where we are in America today. If if so, if a, a white guy attacked a black guy because of racism, it, it is pretty big news. 
because that doesn't happen. And then we can get back to, I guess, the reason for all this is that the the only reason probably why this is news is because Trump is president. Then the media is just dying for narratives that fit this whole white racism, racist against minorities, and um, Trump is the one kind of being a catalyst to really spark that all up. That's that's what they're trying. I mean, this is the same deal as the Covington thing we talked about in the first place. And the crazy thing is it happened one week later. Yeah, I, I see. Now at this point, you got these two back-to-back stories, Covington and now this Jesse Smollett thing that I, I don't see how any normal person can believe something coming from that side, you know, the progressive side going forward. Uh, obviously, if you're one of the progressives and you have blinders on and you're going to make up, you're going to justify the Covington thing some way, you're going to justify this lie and hoax some way, well, then you know, there's no getting through to you. There's no hope for you. There, those are per- some pretty strong blinders, and they'll all have them. If you're an independent or you know, someone that's like a normal dude or a gal just out there and, you know, I'm going to watch the news or get, see what's going on in the world. Oh, look at what happened here. And look at what happened here. Two lies in a row, uh, against the whole, I guess, uh, the, the Trump narrative that he, you know, he's a racist president. I mean, th- this is just another feather in the cap for Trump's reelection. And, and I'm, I'm not a huge Trump fan. I, I'll say, you know, I'll call him out when he's doing something wrong, and I'll praise him when he's doing something right. But this is this is just another feather in the cap for him. Yeah, every crazy thing they do is just like you said, another another point to voting for Trump in 2020. They created Trump, really. Well, that's true. I mean, if you wouldn't have had Obama if you didn't have George Bush, and probably wouldn't have had Trump if you didn't have Obama and the media. That's right. I think Obama and the media going crazy. And now the progressives, they had probably a pretty good chance of getting Trump out in four years, except they keep they keep giving him gifts. You know, this is, you know, the Covington thing. You know, we're a bunch of Catholic kids, and there's still a lot of uh, religious and Catholic people in the country. They're not going to like that at all. And so they're going to probably maybe vote more Trump than they did before because of that. And then uh, with this, you know, lie and hoax, um, I mean, it's it's obvious what the media is trying to do with it. And when Trump goes out there and says, hey, there's fake news out there, I mean, it's very, very believable. It's obvious. You know, you can't argue with him. He says it's they're fake news, and they, they just really are at this point. Is there anything else we really need to talk about, Smollett, or should we move on to our next topic? Yeah, there's nothing, you know, it's still ongoing and they're going to look into it more and I just can't wait until they actually, you know, book this guy himself. I hope the the city presses charges against him uh, for filing a false report. I mean, I don't have the Chicago penal code in front of me or anything, but it's, uh, I'm sure it's a crime to submit a false report. And I hope they somehow can charge him for all the Chicago PD man hours that went into trying to figure this out. That this shouldn't go to the taxpayers to pay the bill. This should go to him. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure yet that anything real bad is going to happen to him. I just have this feeling like some sort of excuse will be made, one. And two, I think the media is going to move on from this so quick after we finally get all of the, it all wrapped up. 
And I want to hear from Cory Booker, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, all the people that tweeted about this event, instantly backing Smollett up and shaming the uh, the country. I want to hear what they have to think. That I don't think they're going to say a word. They're going to stay quiet. Yeah, no, it, it's like it's just it's just another slap in the face for Chicago to have the taxpayers have to pay for this. You know, it's just so stupid. Well, I guess now we can move on to another huge feather in the cap for Trump for his reelection. This one's probably bigger. Oh, it's huge. It's enormous. It, it's it's obviously the Green New Deal, the Al- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm just going to call her AOC because I hate saying that huge name. Um, so AOC comes out with this Green New Deal, and it really looks like, you know, the comprehensive progressive policy wish list. It is, uh, as Karl Marx, you know, uh, would have put it, this is, this is the new progressive manifesto you know Karl Marx wrote the communist manifesto this is the progressive manifesto and it's communism kind of wrapped in a green bow yeah it's it's ridiculous to think that people who wrote this are actually sitting you know politicians right now for our country that's crazy and I described this thing, and you'll probably explain some of like what's what's in there and what's written down. But I described it. I might have said it to you that pretty much if you ask like your your four year old daughter, and not saying yours about whoever's four year old daughter, ask them to like write an essay on how to make the country uh, the world a, a great place, and it would pretty much c- probably come out like AOC's Green New Deal. My kids are progressives because that's just they're they're five and you know they don't know anything so just by definition they're progressive um but yeah no exactly this this is pie in the sky stuff that's like impossible to to happen in this time frame that she put forward which was like 10 years to get all these things accomplished it might as well have just said world peace that's what that's what the new plan is yeah, end poverty, end war. Everybody gets free everything, whatever you want. Yeah, because paying paying for stuff is stressful and it and it sucks. It'd be much cooler if things were free. Well, that that would have made my life easier. I have a lot of debt. That's what AOC is trying to say, I think, about the world. Well, I can do a quick summary and then we can go through some of the deal, kind of paragraph by paragraph. I can read some of it. I printed it out, so I, I'm prepared. I have notes today. Wow. No excuse. This should come out really well then, this podcast. Oh, well, and then one more comment was, like, didn't, like, 60 other, I guess, uh, officials or, uh, I don't know, I mean, even presidential candidates, like, did, weren't there, like, 60 sponsors for this stupid plan? I'm not even sure if they read it, and they're kind of in a tough situation now because they have to show support for these new, fresh-faced progressives like AOC and and maybe Kamala Harris and whoever else. And if they don't, that their base is going to, you know, it's going to look bad for their base. So even the ones who kind of have a clue, who are uneasy about this, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place with this kind of stuff. They have to either they have to either make sense and, and kind of say, well, that's kind of unrealistic, uh, but at the expense of their voter base or get on board with stupid ideas now. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I just, I, I keep thinking about how, Trump is going to really just, 
he's going to make so much fun of this on the campaign trail when he's going for re-election. He's going to like walk around with a copy of the Green New Deal and then just talk about like, so you really want to put these people in charge of the country, these socialists? And here, he's going to he's going to go through it kind of like line by line and just like show everybody how crazy it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's really easy for him now. What, what did you think was the craziest thing that you saw? I've got to ask you a question. It's like, which version are you talking about? Are you talking about the updated one on her website or the original one that was released? Right, the original one, because that, that was the one she put out, and we're all like, whoa, what the hell is this? This is uh, communism, you know, under the guise of environmentalism. And then she she, reda- she kind of took it off the website, and then they claimed, right, they claimed that that one, that was not true, that never happened. The stuff she said in there yeah she had something in there about you know just paying people unwilling to work you know ending people using airplanes or something like that. it was just some weird crap and then and then she yeah claimed that that was either accidentally put out or somebody hacked in well whatever the case it was what they it's what they're thinking absolutely yeah i mean it came from her website it came from her people so obviously they should not have really you know tried to show everybody what they were really thinking but oops somehow <laughs> do you have that one do you have some of the lines from that that one no i don't i only have the uh i, I sent a tweet out today so if people want to go and check us out on on twitter it's tony and joey at uh, lof podcast i know one of the lines was something about ending all co2 emissions in the world or america oh that's going to be easy and one of them was yeah about about rail systems all over the country so that um, airplane travel will be rendered irrelevant. No problem. Why didn't we think of it before? Here's another big problem just with the whole green energy hysteria um, to begin with is that, yes, they want to use renewable energy for everything. And so basically that comes down to the sun, so solar and wind, except you don't have those sources of energy all the time. At night, you don't have the sun, and then the wind is very intermittent. And in certain parts of the country, you might be able to, you know, bank some of the like energy and put it into batteries uh, and then use it throughout the night. California would be good for solar, obviously. But what do you do when it's like 60 below up in North Dakota? I mean, all those people are going to like freeze to death. And when you ask you know, these green people about nuclear, which is very clean energy, they are against it. So I, I don't understand. Uh, it seems like their goal is to just remove a cheap, reliable source of energy, aka fossil fuels, make energy really expensive. Maybe they hope a whole bunch of people freeze to death and die. I don't know. I mean, because that's what the end result's going to be. Um, and then, you know, old people are going to drop like flies down in Florida if they don't have air conditioning. I mean, that heat stroke is a real medical condition and people die from heat stroke every year, don't they? Maybe that's part of their plan. If if tons and tons of people die off, well, then there's, you know, less carbon, I guess, footprint being, uh, placed on the, on the planet and they would be happy. Yeah. Let me give... A little bit of a summary, and then we can go into some more detail. So some of the stuff I wrote down for this was that, I mean, it was going to be trillions of dollars in spending. And there's supposed to be some sort of uh, new 
of course, a new committee to oversee it all, right? Because we've never had that before in politics and not be corrupt. This whole time frame for things to occur was going to be in about a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. And let me see here. She's right. She's asking for 100% power from renewables, upgrade every house and building, a new national smart grid. So every, you know, every electrical grid across the country is going to have to be upgraded or, or fixed or something. Basically, the decarbonation of everything. So manu- manufacturing, business, transportation, you name it. As much as possible, decarbonize that. I don't even know what that means, but that's what she wants. It's something about greenhouse gases. I, 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 there's no numbers in there. I think it was just eliminate as much as possible. But then at the same time, this is in her plan, eliminate poverty, give everyone a job or job training with a living wage mm-hmm. and uh, uh, enough money to support a family, give money to the poor and minorities, universal income and healthcare programs were in this thing, a lot more power to labor unions. I mean, the, the, she mentions unions several times in the plan. Obviously, you know, to go along with the, those other things was like somehow fixing gender and racial justice. Yeah, and world peace, she probably forgot to put on. She, I think she wants that too. That might have been on the original. And part of the plan. Unredacted version or something. Yeah, and the unredacted one had the line where it said, um, livable wages for anyone unwilling, unable to work or unwilling to work. I'd like that. That'd be fun, right? That's right. We could just podcast all day and they can give us a salary. I think that's what she wants. I have expensive tastes, so I hope she can afford it. Yeah. Oh, and but Tony, what did? How does she pay for all this? Actually, she has no idea. From what I read and heard, she wants to tax the rich, which is what they always say, and have the Fed basically print the rest of the money. Can you believe that she said that? I mean, she said she admitted that even if we taxed like a hundred percent all the richest people in the world, it wouldn't be able to pay for this plan that I have. But that's no problem because the Federal Reserve can extend credit to launch these projects. So she just said that to pay for this all, we'll just go into enormous, enormous debt that our Federal Reserve will will get us into by printing, essentially printing us a bunch of money and massively causing the dollar to go down and a bunch of inflation to happen. And you would think that her background as a bartender, she would actually know economics, right? Because, you know, she, people are ordering drinks and she's got to get them to pay for the drinks. So she, she should understand something about the way money moves around, wouldn't you think? Um, you would think, but I believe she actually went to school for economics. So you know how that works. If The more Keynesian economics education you have, the less you actually know about economics and the stupider you get in it. I guess there aren't too many universities out there that probably teach economics the way I, uh, I guess the way I've been teaching myself over the past five years. I, I'm, I consider myself a student of the Austrian School of Economics. Have you heard of them? Of course I have. You're a sensible guy. Well, not everyone knows the differences. And that's a good thing to really for people to, to look up and, and learn about because that can really open your eyes about a lot of just common sense ways of thinking. But yeah, a lot of most of the universities will teach Keynesian and the fact that uh, you know production is not the the main source of a, a driving economy. It's 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 spending and borrowing and and uh, I, I don't know what colleges teach Austrian, but there ought to be all of them teaching it. That's a good question. 
George Mason, I think, has uh, some Aust- some Austrian professors. I'd have to I'd have to ask Mises. Um, so Mises.org is this. Uh, you probably know about them too. Is this awesome website that prints or and publishes tons of stuff for free out there for anybody who wants to learn about the Austrian School of Economics and they're uh, obviously linked to the Mises Institute down in Alabama. You know, students go I think for free on a scholarship every summer for uh, lectures in Austrian economics. But I bet you they would probably know where a lot of their former students went for, for economics teaching. But anyway, I don't want to get, I guess, too far off topic. Our listeners might get a little bit bored. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's like this plan. It's going to just make the United States a poorer country. It's going to decrease the standard of living for everyone and always going to hurt the poor and the middle class more than it's going to hurt the rich. All right, so... Joey, I think I'm going to read a couple of these things from the plan from her website, and we can talk about them. And, and this might have been like the only one I kind of agree with. So in the first paragraph, she says that human activity is the dominant cause of observed climate change over the past century. I can kind of buy into that. How, what was the time frame of that? She said uh, past century. Oh, almost 100 years. Yeah, sure, because we went through the industrial age in the last hundred years. If you take the whole the words of climate change, whatever that means, and throw it out, because that's such a bunch of hogwash, maybe call it global warming or whatever. I mean, it makes sense that there are billions of humans on the planet, and there are more now than there were a hundred years ago. So we are impacting the planet in some way. I don't necessarily believe that we're impacting it in a, too much of a negative way, and I don't think there's a a crisis that's going to occur in the next 12 years because of it. Uh, no, yeah. I, what I don't know the exact numbers. I wish I did, but the estimates were like, you know, the world is going to heat up a couple degrees Celsius in like, what, 100 years? That's right. If, if the water line kind of recedes a little bit, I think the worst thing that would happen in, in, our, in our lifetime or our grandkids' lifetime would be that people have to sell their homes along the shorelines and relocate a little bit. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that. I could end up with beachfront property soon, right? I mean, I don't I don't live on the water right now. Your home value might go up then. That's true. Okay, so paragraph 2. A changing climate is causing sea levels to rise and an increase in wildfires, severe storms, droughts and other extreme weather events that threaten human life, healthy communities and critical infrastructure. That sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I don't know that we have any more storms than we did historically. No, we, we don't. That's a fact. We don't. The tornadoes and the hurricanes and everything else and the wildfires. I mean, this stuff's been going on throughout our country for years. Yeah, and I don't get where they think if only are in America, by the way, because it's not like the rest of the world is adopting this Green New Plan. But um, if only we retrofitted our houses with green, whatever you call it, I don't even know what, what it what it is to redo our houses here, but that would stop all these hurricanes and, and forest fires. Can they can they explain that a little bit? I don't think so. I, I think they just kind of make statements and don't back it up with anything. They just uh, you get this cold spell throughout part of the country and. They point to that and they'd be like, see, the climate's changing. And then in the summer when it's really hot and then you get kind of sweaty, they point to that and they're like, look, the climate's changing. 
I don't know. I, I remember, because I'm an old bastard, they used to talk about in the 70s about global cooling. And then in the 80s and 90s, it was global warming. And then in the 2000s, you know, they knew that wasn't working. And they ended up changing the, the terminology to climate change. So it, it's, to me, it's, again, hogwash. Next page of her deal is talking about, you know, trying to keep global warming at or like less than like two degrees Celsius, right, uh, of, a, of a change. And I don't know that that number is that meaningful. And I don't know that anything we do in this country can affect uh, overall what's going to happen, you know, with people around the world. I mean, we went through our, you know, industrial era years ago. And, you know, other countries still have to go through their, I guess, industrial revolution uh, and modernize. And that's going to that's going to cause, you know, I guess, an impact on the environment. Could we just tell all these people like, hey, no, you guys got to stay poor forever. Yeah. I mean, if if that stuff does have a little bit of an impact and it's inevitable, we can't stop it. And in my opinion, if there's ever things to come out that are solutions and helpful solutions to the environment, it's going to be from the private sector. And if you adapt these just economic killing ideas and that kill ambition with these super high taxes and, and liberal wages for people unwilling to work and stuff like that, you're going to destroy the, the, the private sector's, you know, awesomeness of creating and, and new things and inventing new things and, the free market system goes goes to you know to waste, and I think you know look at some a company like Tesla. I, maybe this is a bad example. I don't know, but like you know they made electric cars. It wasn't the government making electric cars. They saw a market for it and, and a, a possible need for it, and cuts down on on gas and stuff. So it's going to be free market in the long run, solving some of these problems. I, I, think. I would say that Tesla is kind of a bad example. Um, great innovative product. People like them. However, they're heavily subsidized by the government, which means the taxpayer. Oh, I was afraid of that when I was saying it. Okay, but the concept, though, I think still remains. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I've I've driven uh, a friend's Tesla, and it, I mean that thing moves. It, it's it's fast. I mean, there's like no lag at all in power when you step on the on the pedal. It's it's really nice. But at the same time, it's like if government's paying for a good portion of it, it's not ready for mass production. It's not ready to be out there and on its own if, if it can't survive without a government subsidy. Yeah, I would agree with that. The second page, she gets into some of the things that's going to happen if global warming increases. And it's going to, you know, she's talking about mass migration of people, uh, trillions of dollars of damage and wildfires burning more area than it has before. I don't know how the hell they know that. Damage or loss of 99% of all the coral reefs on Earth. Okay, <laughs> interesting how they came up with that number. 350 million people being uh, exposed to deadly heat stress, right? I, I mean, it's, a lot of these things just sound completely made up. She wants the U.S. to take a leading role by reducing basically destroying our own economy, destroying our nation. She expects that after the United States destroys our own country by using her plan, that all these other countries are going to follow suit. Does that make any sense? No. 
I know. Wouldn't you, if you were like Russia or China, be like, hell no, we ain't gonna, we're not going to institute a plan like that. Look what the U.S. just did to themselves. Yeah, a country like Russia and China probably support the plan, though, for America. They might. That's true. Good point. Wasn't there a line verbatim in there? Plant trees everywhere? I actually like that idea. But I think it was just funny. That I think it, it might have been her first one. I think there was something in there about trees, which I'm okay with. It was literally that. <laughs> Plant trees everywhere. I think the uh, the forestry, I guess, industry, they do a pretty decent job of recycling, right? So cutting down trees and using that for whatever they, you know, for housing and for paper and other things. I mean, they do a pretty good job replanting because otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have anything else to cut down anymore. I mean, they have to make sure that that industry stays vital forever. I don't think we need AOC to... Uh, Help us with that one. Okay, so she's talking about life expectancy declining, no clean air or water or healthy food. These are just, you know, just more of kind of like democratic or progressive talking points. Talking about four-decade trend in wage stagnation. I mean, I, that has nothing to do with uh, the energy we use. That's more of because of the because of the Fed, right? I'm wondering how, what a lot of this has to do with energy. It's a mixture of, you know, hey, I want solar and wind power, but I also want to uh, give everybody free health care and free education and food stamps for everybody. Yeah, she just basically wrote down her feelings, and it became her new Green Deal. All right, so, Joey, I found another part. This is uh, on the page 12 that I printed out. Uh, I want to read to you. This is ensuring that the Green New Deal mobilization creates high-quality union jobs that pay prevailing wages, hires local workers, offers training and advancement opportunities, and guarantees wage and benefit parity for workers affected by the transition. Next paragraph, guaranteeing a job with a family-sustaining wage, adequate family and medical leave, paid vacations, and retirement security to all people in the United States. Uh, and one more paragraph. Strengthening and protecting the right of all workers to organize, unionize, and collectively bargain, free of coercion, intimidation, and harassment. This is just her pandering to her voting block. The, everybody knows that the progressives and the unions go back and forth with each other. The progressives make it easier for, I guess, unions to have power, and then at the same time, then the unions use their dues to give the politicians money for their campaigns. It's just it's just more cronyism. What do you think? Yeah, and it's, it's weird how she uses the Green New Deal to, to say all this stuff and mention all this stuff. I don't know how it has anything to do with that. Yeah, I mean, what's the difference if it's a union job or it's some other sort of high-paying, maybe tech job. I don't understand why it has to be a union job other than she specifically calls out unions because of her, her voting block. This is that jobs will be created from the unions based off of this new green energy switch? Well, I guess if there's going to be, you know, all these houses are going to be retrofitted and buildings are going to either be torn down and all the energy grids have to be updated. I mean, the amount of infrastructure work throughout the country is going to be... Re- it's going to be... Okay, so that's what she's saying. It's all going to be government jobs. 
created? I think that that's probably her preference. Or if they were private jobs, they would still go to a, a union, you know, over, you know, companies kind of competing for it. I mean, I have no problem with unions and collectively bargaining in general. I just think that, you know, if you're an employer, you have a whole bunch of employees that want to form a union and collectively bargain, that's fine. If you don't, you know, like what the deal that they want to get out of you, you could just fire them all. And part of the problem is you have, I guess, labor board requirements and regulations that don't let businesses do that. You know, you, you have to be in a right to work state for the employer who actually owns the job and provides the job for them to kind of deal with unions on a, on a fair level. Otherwise, if like in California is not a right to work state, the unions basically run everything out here. And that's why that's one of the reasons our state is going to at least my state's going to go downhill. Well, Jelly, since we're at about 40 minutes, I think this is a good time to stop the podcast and let our listeners go on about their lives. Just want to say thank you to all our listeners for coming back for another show. And if you get a chance, please visit our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.